DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It is time to talk jazz basketball with Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. His weekly session with us is presented by University of Utah Health, trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours. And Bowler, this is a weekly session. This is not an interview here. Jazz fans need a little therapy after that. That got, a little people, that got people stressed out. What in the world happened? They were so good in game one and so bad in game two. Uh, it looked like two different teams. Yeah, it really did. Um, you know, I, I tell you, we've, we've been down this road before, right? I think it comes down to how you start games, energy, focus. Uh, the other part of that would be Donovan, um, you know, plays such a big role in how the Jazz, you know, uh, how it all goes. Uh, and a slow start by Donovan. And, and it turned out to be an incredible finish. But again, when you dig yourself a 17-point hole and your superstar, Donovan Mitchell, has four points at the half, one buck and a couple of free throws, you know it's going to be kind of a long night. You know what I'm learning, too, is uh, the Jazz were undefeated in preseason because of uh, you know dynamic play, uh, energy, three-point shot. And, you know, DJPK, it really kind of comes down to is you can live and die by the three, and if it isn't on, then you've got yourself a struggle. And you have to try to find another way to put the ball in the basket. But uh, you know, we've we've I've seen this before. We've all seen this before. Uh, great play one night, and then that drop off. And it's hard to put your finger on it. You know, the locker room said it was energy, focus, and you you know it's game two. Um, boy, they played well in the preseason. They looked so dynamic in game one on the road, and then you come home. Uh, you've got the new floor, uh, the dark mode look, and all of a sudden it just it just didn't happen. Ten of thirty four turnovers, by the way, another big factor in game two. Must have been those unis; they threw them off. Need some time to get used to that. That's what I'm saying. That's my story. Yeah, the floor and the unis. I think you know, you know, kind of maybe the the eyes. Are you telling me kind of different radiated? Kind of yeah, it kind of just blurred their vision a bit. Could have been. Although, for what it's worth, and I have no fashion sense whatsoever, which is why I have not purchased an article of clothing in over 30 years. My wife does it all. She said she actually liked those unis compared to the ones last year and the ones they've been using. So score one for these unis uh, for someone who has, at least from my perspective, has way more fashion sense than I am. So let's go with those unis. They did look good. As far as Mitchell... I don't have any numbers, but my eyes tell me that he's had a bunch of games that have been slower, and he turns it on in the second half. Uh, it, it, I'm not sure you'd agree with that, but if you do, no, if you believe that, yes. that, what what is, what is going on there? Well, in some of the discussions we've had, Donovan kind of clarifies. He knows he has to be more consistent, PK, and that means quarters one through four. The other part of that, too, is I think he feels – you know, the need to get his other teammates involved. But I think what we're learning here is the Jazz need Donovan Mitchell from the opening jump. Uh, I mean, there's other ways of getting his teammates involved. And, uh, you know, the assists, you know, were pretty consistent last year. You know, rebounds were over four, so were assists. Uh, but the bottom line is the guy is a machine in, in, in scoring. And it's great to see the comeback. It's great to say hey, I'm, a, I'm a second-half comeback kid. But by that time, you're climbing such a big hill. You know, I remember last year several times, you know, down 21, you know, in this particular case against Minnesota, down 17. 
And then you start to force the ball to PK, and the turnovers have always been an issue. You fire a three or you try to pass the ball inside, and a lot of times errant passes uh, then turn into just breakaway buckets when you don't get back in transition on defense. And, you know, you look at the stat, it's staring me in the face because it's on my score sheet for tonight, 26 points they gave away right to Minnesota. And um, that's off 19 turnovers. So those are things that just have to be fixed. I mean, I, you know, it, it, I think the thing that fans just, you know, their heads explode sometimes, you see them play so well. And Portland was about as precision basketball as you, as you could have. I mean, it was – uh, everyone on the same page. The rhythm was incredible. And speaking of rhythm, those turnovers never allow you to find that rhythm. You begin to force shots, uh, and you see up at the scoreboard, you're down. And, you know, you go in the locker room, you come back maybe with a fresh, you know, idea or mode in your mind. But it, it's just such a tough, tough hill to climb. And I think, again, that's the biggest challenge for the Jazz is consistency. And you see them play so well one night, and you scratch your head and wonder why on, on, in game two. Those are a long ways to go. But still, these are issues I think the Jazz have shown um, you know, for quite some time, and that's just the consistency of getting off to a good start. When people say, I need energy, well, you've you got to find it, right, somewhere coming out of the gate. If not, teams will uh, you know, run you over. And kind of a – I thought Minnesota played well. That's an interesting young team. Uh, very young, by the way. The the eldest, the elder is Ricky Rubio, but uh, he just seems to direct a young team with a lot of former number one picks. They've kind of put a a hodgepodge of different players together around Carl Anthony Towns, and I just thought they they wanted the game more. Simple. I would agree with a lot of that, and I definitely agree with Donovan starts slow and is a different player after halftime. And I'm curious because he started to do it in the third quarter of that game where. Just kind of impose your will on the game. Okay, I'm going to the hoop. Nobody can stop me. Either I get a bucket or I get free throws or I take two or three defenders with me and Rudy cleans it up with a dunk, which happened multiple times. It's pretty simple, and it was really effective. So I think they don't need a lot of Donovan in the first half. What they need is efficient Donovan. And if things are starting to get away, you know, if the lead gets to double digits, impose your will on the game and, you know, tighten up the act. But when you're a ball-dominant scorer, you just you got to involve your teammates at some point. So get them going. Those minutes aren't as critical, and you can get guys going then. So I like the mindset. I just think, hey, if you're capable of imposing your will on a game, when it starts going south the way that game did, you just got to do it a little earlier because you don't want to have to dig out of a 17-point hole. You're not going to do that very often. Right. Well, you know, he had five assists. And, you know, that's, that's a nice number, obviously, for a guy with a high-volume you know, high, high volume shots. He put, took 23 shots. Uh, but, again, I'm looking, again, at my card from the other night. He's one of six in the first half. And then he started, as you said, DJ, you get to the bucket, you drive, you, you do yourself favors by getting to the free throw line. He had a uh, and one. Uh, you know, what, what did he have here? He had um, seven in the third quarter, and then he had ten in the fourth. He ended up with, uh, what, 21 points. So, yeah, it, it, there's got to be a better balance. I get it that he wants to not be a selfish guy, and he wants to help uh, you know, maybe survey the floor and help his teammates get into their rhythm. But, you know, again, I go back, and there was never, there was never any real rhythm in that game because Minnesota destroyed it. I thought they were more physical. 
Uh, they bumped the guys out on the three-point line. Uh, Clarkson is, a, is, a, is an amazing player because he's able to really keep the dribble alive, PK and DJ, to, to find that little open space. And he's just – he's really <laughs> – he's an incredible player from downtown and inside. He usually finds just enough seam to score. He was effective, um, you know, with 22 or 23 off the bench. But, you know, it just got to be from the start. I think that's the biggest thing that I've seen from the last couple of years with Donovan and Rudy and, and now Boyan and Bogey, you know, struggled. But you just got to find something to start, you know, especially at home, on your home opener, season home opener. I would think that, and again, there was 1,500 fans there. There was some energy in the building. You got to find a way to feed off that. Have to. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to ask be. you. That's going to be the that's going to be the TPK. That's the way it's going to be the rest of the season, right? Uh, Fifteen hundred yeah. fans, more or less, and what you see is what you get. Well, hopefully, we can get more as the season progresses. We'll see yeah. whatever the you rules hope, are hope. going forward. I did go down to that second exhibition game or preseason game just so I could get a feel of what it's like uh, of having a limited amount of folks in the arena. Uh, and it's better than nothing, but it was interesting. And it's a preseason game, so I can't put too much stock in there. But I sat in the bowl for the first half just so I can have some idea. I thought it was decent enough uh, to where it did provide some type of energy. Was it? Uh, and you were there for the preseason games too. Was it better in the regular season game? You know, yeah, I thought it was a little more. I thought we still had about a thousand, five to a thousand people in the two preseason games. I don't know. I didn't have a, a counter with me, DK. I don't know what you saw, but there was there were there were several more fans opening night. What I thought that the Jazz can give uh, the players is that the home court, you know, game ops is still some of the same energy with. You know, defense you hear up on the speakers and all the stuff that runs through the arena during a, you know give, during the course of a, a two and a half hour game, and so there's that that built in energy, right? Uh, did you did you notice that at all yourself? I mean, I think oh, in the helped. preseason game, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if if. It, it felt like a preseason game would. There wasn't a ton of energy in terms of oh, we got to win this, but the people were into it, and yeah. yeah so it, obviously, it was much more reduced, but it still felt somewhat similar to a what I would call a regular preseason game. Yeah, yeah. This one on opening night still had a little bit more crowd. Uh, I noticed there was much more spread out. Uh, you know, the concourse had people strolling through it, you know, waiting to get some uh, concessions, et cetera. Uh, but still not a full house, obviously. Nothing in the upper deck and about maybe a fourth of the lower bowl had some people in it. Uh, but it, it still had energy. And, and the Jazz, again, Game Ops provide that with, uh, if you've been there, and Jazz fans know what energies pump through the speakers, right? And all that, and it was it was still kind of a well simulated, you know, home opener, but still not nowhere near the energy. So my point is, you know, they've been through this, right? The bubble didn't provide much, and you know, they had moments in in Orlando as well. They looked good in the preseason, and even on the road in L.A. And now you come back after a big one in Portland. You're just going to have to, you know, this whole season until things get back to some sort of you know a norm. You know, you're going to have to each and every night 
PK, find your own energy. Whatever that is, I don't know. But it's it's going to be 72 games of hell at times. And I think that's just the way it is. Um, you know, some nights you're on, some nights you're off. But I think it's just instead of – got to find something in between. Uh, it can't be high and low. It's got to be something that you can still, you know, grab onto, build on. And that three-point shot that Quinn wants, the green light's on, right? And so um, – you know, Clarkson's been effective. Bogey's going to come out of it, I'm sure. Joe Ingles as well. But on some given nights, it's just not going to be there. And so the question is, how do you still be competitive? And that's that's the question I'm I'm hoping to see them answer soon. Well, if you have the green light to shoot the quick three, you ought to be able to cut down on your turnovers. There's no reason to have 18 turnovers if you get to launch it four seconds into the shot clock. Yeah, yeah, that's, pace is up, right? right? Pace is up. Yeah, he wants a shot away in four to six seconds. And uh, if you, you know... If if you don't hit the shot, then your biggest uh, you know challenge there is to get back on defense because the threes, as we know, take usually a pretty tough ricochet off the rim. And if you're not back, and then teams grab the rebound, they can run it down your throat. And sometimes that will happen. So tonight, it's Oklahoma City, the last undefeated team in the Western Conference. Man, that didn't take long for everybody to get a loss. And Oklahoma City's only played one game. They had a game with Houston canceled because of COVID with the Rockets. So they've got one win over Charlotte. I don't know that it tells us anything. Just looking at the roster, and I assume you've been over it to prep for the game. Sure. It's a really young team. They've got some good young talent, you know, 21 and 22-year-old guys. And then they've got uh, a few veterans where, you know, to get more draft picks because, you know, 30 isn't enough. Uh, they've brought in some uh, some older guys. Trevor Ariza is uh, 35 now. George Hill, the former jazz man, is 34. Al Horford is 34. So while I don't expect them to do anything across the course of the season uh, and they're in this weird transition phase – if you play a C-minus basketball game, they're good enough to get you on any given night. Well, they have one starter that remains from last year, and it's Shea uh, Gilchis-Alexander. Um, that's it. I mean, he's a heck of a player, by the way, out of Kentucky. Al Horford, as you mentioned, will start. George Hill's your point guard, former Jazz man, a couple of years, uh, the last two seasons with the Bucks. Um and then you look at uh, Lou against Dort. I mean, this this is an all-name team, by the way. Mike Muscala uh, is back, and Darius Miller. There's others. It's kind of an assortment, right, of just you know players who are on the tail end of their career and other young players that are just beginning, and hopefully some of the elders will help the younger guys, you know, mentor them. Uh, as this, as OKC is really in a total rebuild. Um, but on any given night, you always have to – and you have a new head coach, by the way. Billy Donovan said I'm out after the Orlando bubble and finds himself in Chicago with the Bulls now. So it's a total do-over. Um, but you know what? It's going back to Oklahoma City. That's where we were on March 11th when everything went down. And so it, it'd be going to be kind of odd, I think, for the players. Uh, it would be for me if we were there uh, to walk back in. Uh, to the arena where we were told to make a quick exit to the locker room on that night. There's a lot of history and a lot of memories there. Um, but, you know, once the ball goes up, you play ball, you know, right? So that's what the Jazz are faced with tonight. Um, almost feel like sometimes the Jazz play better after a bad game on the road, less stress, and they seem to just be a looser bunch. Uh, they're going to have a long road trip in January. Got a couple of games this week at home uh, when we play on New Year's Eve and New Year's night. Uh, so it's 
you know, there's there's no rhyme or reason to the schedule, but you're just going to have to play it. 72 quick games, a lot of back-to-backs, and a lot of road games uh, for Utah, especially to start the season. Only two games, so everything is impossible to evaluate based on two games. But it seems like Gobert has upped his maybe, uh, I don't know if I can say game, but determination. It's like, all right, everybody and their brother knows I got this big deal, so I got to bring it every night. And two yeah. games, I'm seeing it. PK, what I've seen is a little more variety of offensive shots uh, around the rim, not just, you know, putting it home, jamming it down. I mean, he's been a little more nimble. Maybe that's a word. Um, but the ball, again, has to be delivered, you know, in a, in a really good space, tight space for him. Um, I think the Jazz have actually been very conscientious on getting the ball too Rudy and early to get him focused into the game. There's been some spectacular plays to Gobert in traffic, and he's been able to take the ball and, uh, you know, he's rebounded incredibly well and getting some second chance points. But I'm with you. I've been a little surprised. Just more, what's the word I want to use? More tenacious tenacity uh, around the rim. I see him with a little better hands catching the ball uh, and he's been able to finish. And and I think the most important thing is Donovan, uh, you know, and uh, Joe obviously are looking for him early. And it's it's, um, so far to his advantage for sure. Well, Bowler, we'll uh, we'll watch the game tonight. We'll see how this plays out. Thanks for joining us. Hope you had a Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year because you'll be working on New Year's Eve and New yeah, Year's Night. Man. We'll, yeah, man. Uh, we've got the two home games. Uh, we'll have fans in the stands again uh, with uh, the Phoenix Suns, and uh, we see what the Clippers. So, kind of a repeat of the preseason, but we kind of know who they are. But it'll be it'll be good. Uh, you know, we're off and running. It's two games in, as you said. You see one high, one low, and of course, you hopefully more consistency will start to play out hopefully tonight at OKC. Bowler, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Guys, thanks. Have a great uh, holiday.